Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Diary of an Asian Millennial. I'm Lei. I'm Lou. And I'm Linda. We are on episode nine. So this episode is more or less a tribute to Asian Heritage Month. As you know, Asian Heritage Month is a celebration of Asian culture, people, our accomplishments, and contributions to society at large. So this month means a lot to us. Right, ladies? Mm -hmm. Because, well, we're Asian. And with the recent surge of anti-Asian hate crimes happening all over the world, this month serves as a great reminder that, you know, our lives matter. We are important people. Um, So along with honoring this month, hopefully our conversations will allow us to segue into a reflection on the anti-Asian hate crimes in North America as well as an opportunity for us to reflect on the very first anti-Asian rally we attended back in March, because I don't think we had an opportunity to really talk, talk about it. Um, We did have a few mentions here and there on our social media, but, you know, now we can actually walk our listeners through it and um, just reflect on how that day went. Mm -hmm. According to the government of Canada's official webpage dedicated to Asian Heritage Month, Asian Heritage Month is an opportunity for all Canadians to learn more about the many achievements and contributions of Canadians of Asian descent who, throughout our history, have done so much to make Canada the amazing country we share today. The theme for Asian Heritage Month 2021 is recognition, resilience, and resolve. I really love that. It embodies the myriad of sentiments that peoples of Asian descent in Canada have experienced and honors their contributions and their diverse stories, which are rooted in resilience and perseverance. It is also a call to action for all Canadians to come together to combat all forms of anti-Asian racism and discrimination. So let us celebrate the incredible diversity that is our strength and be resolute in our stand against all forms of anti-Asian racism and discrimination. Clause closed. So what, what do you ladies think about that? What does this month mean to you? And how are you celebrating Asian Heritage Month? I, I think that's a great theme, first of all, like recognition, resilience, and resolve. Like that's really pretty good way to sum up the last year that we've had and this year as well, like all the things that the, the community has been through. This month means a couple of things, like, I think this year, more than like years past, Asian Heritage Month is something that's definitely more uh, in the forefront for me, especially with everything that's, that's been going on with our community in the last year with this pandemic. Um, but it just makes me feel more proud to be Asian and uh, spread spread the kindness and um, just excited to be you know where we are now and how thankful we are to be where we are. So kind of like a reflection period and as well as uh, it's just a time to reflect and be proud of who we are and where we came from. But in terms of also like celebrating the like Asian Heritage Month, I guess it's just being more, uh, for me, I guess celebrating isn't so much a, like an outward thing. It's more like an inward thing, doing more like inner self-reflections on uh, my cultural heritage and my roots and recognizing um, like where we've come from and how far we've come. But yeah, I'm not sure. It's not traditionally celebrated in the same way that let's say you may have think of celebrating. Like we don't really have like a parade per se for Asian Heritage Month or anything like kind of that cel- in that celebratory manner. I guess it's just a lot of like the recognition of the achievements that the community has, has uh, done. 
Yeah. Like a time for people to think about how much, how much value Asian people have added to this country and beyond. And and it's great to have a month that is celebrating just Asian uh, heritage because it's so great for us to now feel like we are being seen and be appreciated for what we've contributed. A chance to show Asian pride with like no shame. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I don't know about you guys, but like growing up, my parents never really, I guess, spoke about being Chinese in a way that was kind of um, like kind of in in an educating way in terms of like, okay, this is where we came from. These are our roots. This is the history of our family um, and never really kind of made it in a way that made me think about how like proud we should be to be, you know, Asian. Um, It was just kind of like it is what it is. Uh, But now now, like I'm definitely way more proud knowing and and asking them more questions about like where we're what, what our families are coming from. Yeah, same. Like I'm Vietnamese and I never hear my parents like glamorizing the idea of being Vietnamese and, oh, we're, you know, we're boat people. We were so resilient and strong and we had to overcome this, you know, mighty event in our lives. It was more like they were almost like sometimes they were shameful of it because they were refugees. But yeah, n- now it's it's becoming like, I don't want to say like being Asian is like a trend because it's really not a trend, but it's like people are now more proud of where they come from. And I think also part of that, was, uh, the revelation for us when you know we now kind of see being Asian as something to be proud of uh, compared to our like parents' generation is uh, because we were kind of, we were born here. Like, we were born in Canada. So versus where they were born in their respective home countries. They didn't have other cultures, like the culture where they grew up is the only culture in that area versus like, I find that when we're living in Canada with the Canadian culture along with other cultures and then our you know home native ethnicity, it's almost like us trying to find our identity in that way because we're not sure where exactly we fit in growing up in Canada, but obviously being raised with our relevant home country cultures. So like it was hard to kind of elevate one over the other for me at least. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that we grow up in like a multicultural mosaic, we get to experience like a bunch of other cultures. And it's just, sometimes you do feel special in that sense. Cause you're different, right? You stand out. Um, but at the same time, it makes you appreciate your own story and like your own roots and heritage. And to see that everybody else goes through their own hardships So it makes you appreciate where you come from more in terms of celebrating through social media. I've been seeing a lot of people share food, pride, traditions, holding seminars, webinars, and a lot of like cool virtual events, right? Depending on the host, the organization and the group Um, and sharing a lot of knowledge um, because knowledge is power. And we live in a society that tends to have like amnesia. So months like this, bearing reminders every single day can really like help catalyze and preserve our stories. So how I'm celebrating, I guess, is I've been reading up on a lot of stories of Asian people, past and present, seeing how far like Asian people have come um, is really astounding and really inspiring. So the other day, my older sister, she passed on a story about the ship that our dad was on following the Vietnam War. And I became very much intrigued by this story. So I called my dad to find out more in detail. 
And then hearing him talk about his story firsthand, it was like with so much passion and sentiment, like it was, it was emotional, but just as lovely at the same time, like he got so into it and he was recalling every little detail. And like, sometimes when I'm listening to my parents talk, like I can't help but think, man, like I'm not going to get to hear their voices again at some point in the future. (laughs) So like, I need to soak all of this in and soaking in the knowledge that they're passing down to me. Um, So these stories, like they're so precious, right? Like the one that my dad is telling me, I won't be able to hear it from anybody else. This is like his story, unique to him. His, his story, it shows how resilient he is and the people that, that was with him on that boat was. And the fact that taking risks is now second nature in this like lineage and is something that I don't want to take for granted anymore. So like I want to be able to carry these foundations uh, with me everywhere I go in life. And I feel, yeah, like this is my family story and this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also like uh, with the Asian Heritage Month, I, I guess the point is not to say that, you know, Asians are the best and, you know, we're better than everyone else because it's definitely not the point of any month that we have. It's for Asians in the community that are maybe struggling to find a way to come to terms or accept their roots because they're not entirely sure how do they feel about being Asian and that there's really nothing to be ashamed of being from whatever respective culture you're coming from um, and that you should just be proud of your, your roots, wherever those roots are. That's what it, I think the main message of any of these cultural heritage months um, is. You know that quote by Sandra Oh, it's an honor just to be Asian. And I think it's great to use in a month like this. And I see people donning t-shirts with that that line that she says repeatedly, I think it's great because people can look to it and, you know, be proud of their identity. And it's a way for them to, I guess, understand their own identity a little better and to see that, oh, look, there are people who are so proud to be Asian, you know, so should you. But at the same time, I can't help but think, you know, it's also my first impression of it when I first heard it was, oh, it sounds a little like pompous and there's an uppity tone to it, you know, because she has that word just, right? It's an Asian just to be, sorry, it's an honor just to be Asian. And I thought, you know, part of it sounds a little conceited, but, you know, there's some, there's truth to it. There's truth in it. Um, And I just, I just hope that people don't take it the wrong way, um, like how I did. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely like super honored to be Asian. I'm super honored just to be here, you know, (laughs) to be on this earth, to be present, to be able to experience life. You know, I feel like our parents did a great job at um, risking a lot of things just for us to have a life that we have today. And so, yes, it is an honor to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess my issue with it is that it's kind of puts Asian in this like superior tier and it puts like everybody else, like at the bottom, like we're seemingly inferior when, when those people are not every background history, uh, sorry, every culture is, you know, unique and is honorable in their own way. So I just hope that people don't look at it as like, there's a dichotomy there. I think it uh, the message she was trying to say in that was really directed to fellow Asians 
versus people who are not Asian mm-hmm. so that they understand that it is an honor to be Asian, to be proud of your roots versus like to people who are not Asian. Because I could see that if you're not Asian, it might sound a little uh, the way that you were talking about, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think directed towards Asians, fellow Asians in the community, uh, they'll, we'll, and well, I, I, I would interpret it in a way it is to just be proud of your roots. Yeah. I just realized and learned that May was chosen to be Asian Heritage Month because it was when the first um, Japanese immigrant arrived in Canada in the 18 early 1800s. I can't remember exactly when. And then it was also when in the 1800s when the first uh, group of Chinese people came to help build the railroads in May. So really? both of those happened in May. And then that's why May was deemed Asian Heritage Month. Oh my gosh, I'm getting chills right now because May 12 is actually the day that my dad came, well, him, actually him and a bunch of other refugees arrived in Canada 42 years ago. Wow. What a coincidence. Yeah. So May is a, yeah, it's a big month for a lot of Asian immigrants in, in Canada. Is there like um, something that you are really proud of being Asian, like in terms of either like a particular trait or value or whatever it might be? Yeah, I feel like I'm like super proud of like my Asian background in terms of like, um, like my parents, they worked really hard. My grandparents worked really hard. Like it just dates back. Like they just had this really hardworking ethic and, and, you know, my parents like seeing them working so hard, not only in just their career, but also doing everyday chores around the house, cleaning and cooking for us, you know, it's taught me a lot of a work ethic and no matter what I'm doing, I always tend to try my best and never give up. So I think it's safe to say that their work ethic is definitely wired inside of me now. Yeah, say like I totally hear you and we're that's what makes us so much more appreciative of like our um families for those reasons. And I don't know about you ladies, but like I think now that I'm a little bit older compared to when I was younger, I have switched gears in a way where I'm uh I kind of saw myself if I had to like put it into like rough percentages, I thought I was definitely 80% Canadian culture type of ingrained in me and then like 20 or like 20 or so percent like that's just like the Chinese part of me but now like that balance of is kind of that that ratio is changing and I feel like I'm more in tune with my like Chinese side of my culture and less so much identifying with the Canadian part maybe it's getting to 50 50 I'm not really sure yet but yeah. it's, a, it's a journey type of yeah process Oh yeah, for sure. For me, it's, it's about 50, 50. And like, I, I would still say I'm like, I identify as like a hyphenated, I have a hyphenated identity. So, uh, and I, I really, I love it. I think it's great to experience um, both sides. Yeah. We definitely get a unique perspective growing up in this way. Maybe one of the things that I'm most proud of about my Asian heritage is um, the cultural values that we place in terms of the importance of family as mm-hmm. you can tell there's a recurring theme here yes uh, <laughs> so like yeah it's really been embedded in us uh since we were young that like family will always be there no matter what and we're very lucky to have family members that will support each other and help each other through through the thick and thin because I know there's some families that are not like that unfortunately so even though like at least 
for us, we're not like super affectionate uh, or like, you know, we kind of speak our feelings freely in that way. There is this kind of understanding, I guess, a silent understanding that family is important, that we do things for each other because when one of us is doing well, that means all of us are doing well and thriving. Yeah. I love that about the Asian culture. I think that that's something that yeah, we really prioritize. Another thing I'm really proud of about being Asian is our food. Like our food is like really delicious. And people tend to forget that Asian is such a broad umbrella for like hundreds of ethnic groups that are so different and diverse. And these groups differ in their food as well. Um, And I feel fortunate to be living in Toronto, a multicultural city with a large Asian diaspora that carries food from almost like all Asian corners of the world. Um, So I'm Vietnamese, so I have a lot of pride for food and the traditional ones, like the traditional dishes, like they have their own stories. And like, these stories are always so interesting. So when you're eating the food, it's like, you're eating a part of history. Wow. People like hundreds and thousands of years ago ate something like this. And here you are, you know, experiencing what they experienced. So that kind of just blows my mind. Right. And it's, it's, it's pretty epic when I think about it. It's just nice to know that good food has lived on like generations after generations. Oh yeah. And, and being, and being shared across the world. And like, moreover, you think about food representing family, love, warmth, arsenal, fuel, like food can be a weapon for reclaiming your identity, your culture. And that is such a powerful thing in, in and of itself. Yeah. It's a really unifying symbol and delicious. Yes. And like people from all different cultures enjoy Asian foods because it brings us all together. Mm -hmm. To add to maybe like another thing that I'm kind of proud of being growing up in an Asian Chinese household is that, um, especially one, a household with very humble beginnings, it really taught me how to save and manage money because, you know, we don't have a lot. When you don't have a lot of money, you become very uh, resourceful and those techniques you carry on, you know, into your adulthood and you have built good spending and saving habits. So for me to this very day, that was, yeah, super helpful. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm super, super thankful. Like, I feel like my spending habits are really, really good. Like I I know what to spend on and what not to spend on. Mm -hmm. I think lay here is a little different. Like I feel like I stop her (laughs) like all the time. She just asked me this morning, what was the item you wanted to buy this morning? They don't, what it was 15 she was like should I get this Linda it's like something really stupid it was 15 <laughs> it was just 15 dollars though but since she asked me I'm like honestly do you need it or do you want it I wanted it yes if you just want it you don't yeah. need it you don't need it put it down yeah <laughs> she didn't get it right honestly marketing you didn't get days, it right I didn't get by it good it. <laughs> but like marketing these days are so like convincing and like they really grab at you. <laughs> they're good. Sorry, they're more they're more like grabbing at your money, but I mean they're good at getting your attention <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> but Linda, I would say yeah, you're you're the frugal one between yes. us. Yeah. I know how to uh spend, save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess so you're, like, rec- you're like mom and dad. You're like the reckless one. No, like, but you're not, not that you're not reckless. No, you're not terrible, but I feel like I'm impulsive. Yes. it's good that you guys have each other around or I guess I should say more like it's good that Linda's around she keeps me in check I do yes 
So ladies, is there somebody who is of Asian descent that inspires you? It can be, you know, a person, a thing, a symbol, a landmark, and why? Basically, for me, they are my parents. Definitely, they inspired me and continue to every day. Um, you know, they're not perfect people, but they would do anything for their kids. And I really, really admire them for that. And, you know, they came to Canada for a better life. And for the last 20 some odd years, they earned every dollar to provide myself and my brother a childhood and life that they never had growing up. So I am forever grateful. Yeah, we got all of our parents. They worked so hard for us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when when we were younger, we didn't really understand this, right? We're like, oh, everything just probably just came naturally. And we're able to go to school. We're able to have the clothes that we are wearing. We're able to have these, you know, this haircut that we have. Um, But, you know, our, our parents worked hard for us to have all of that. And now that we're older, we can understand that and see it. And um, so thanks, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess like understand and see that we we are so privileged, like yes. so, so privileged um, mm-hmm. to to have parents that we do and to live in the country that we do. And for me, yeah, somebody who is not related to me that is of Asian descent who inspires me is Lisa Ling. I first knew about her through watching Oprah. She was Oprah's special correspondent, where she would talk about a person of interest or a story of interest. I just love the way that she was able to tell a story and captivate the audience with how she told the story. It was just so genuine. At that time in my life, I wanted to be a journalist as well. And I thought, wow, this person is Asian and she knows what she's doing. She's on Oprah. That is so cool. Like, I want to be on Oprah one day telling stories that I come across. Yeah, it's really great that like to have other people in the Asian community be uh, such amazing leaders and uh, experts in their respective fields uh, definitely will provide uh, the younger generations, obviously us included as well, but uh, just a chance to see ourselves represented in whether it is media or journalism um, or film, like it's, it's great to be able to see that. And inspires us to be able to do the same. Yeah, representation is like so important, right? Okay, so let's talk about our experience physically and virtually at the Toronto Anti-Asian Rally that Mm -hmm. happened end of March. Lei and myself, we attended in person and Lou attended virtually my thoughts before going into it. I was a little concerned, a little hesitant to attend in person because one, the whole COVID situation, I don't know how people will be, you know, will be, they be actually, yes. Will they be standing really close to each other? Will it be so crowded to a point where it's not safe anymore? Um, Another thing was that I was afraid that there could be some kind of riot potentially, you know, breakout. My impression was, oh, there's going to be a large crowd. There's probably going to be a lot of police patrolling. Uh, There may be violence. I may get hurt. (laughs) I think that was kind of like my biggest concern, violence and disorder. But when we actually got there, yeah, it was very calm for some reason. There there was a large turnout. When we entered the perimeter, there was a, a volunteer who greeted us and he offered hand sanitizer. (laughs) 
So that was very nice and friendly. Mm -hmm. And like overall, I think everyone um, socially distanced really well too. Honestly, I didn't even notice any police. Did you notice any police? No, I did. I did. They were were on bikes. Right. Okay. Just a handful. A handful. Yeah. Five, 10. But yeah, let's talk about what actually happened at the rally. Okay. So uh, there were a lot of guest speakers and performances and the way that the people spoke, there was just so much passion in what they had to say. And we could feel like, you know, the ripple effects of that. And um, it, it was almost like palpable. Yeah, it was a moment of empowerment to see this collective group of people who feels the same way as us, right? Like this anger inside of everybody. Uh, we could definitely feel it, especially when we're standing in solidarity, holding up posters that had signs that resonated with each and every one of us. It felt like we are fighting for something here today um, and standing to ha- together cohesively and demanding for the same thing. I just felt like history is being made. Palpable is actually a really good way to describe the feeling. Even though I was watching and supporting online virtually, the speakers were giving me chills. The, the, you can feel the passion and the emotion behind their words. And it just gives you the chills to see our people and allies as well from other communities unite together to fight the injustice. But the, the moment really that when we when we were chanting at the at near the end, the wave of pride and anger just overcame me when they were chanting like the first one being the people united will never be defeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people united yes. will mm-hmm. never be defeated. Uh, and when they also said like, this is what unity looks like, community looks like, Canada looks like that. That was uh, it was just it was a wave of pride but anger and all these like overwhelming emotions that just overcame me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, obviously by myself, but like <laughs> chanting to myself, but with the others virtually. Yeah. 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 It was very, it was a very powerful feeling of unity. Even though I wasn't physically there, I still felt it because there was a common understanding that we were all there for the same purpose. Yes. We were all there for, for one goal. I think that a part of me was also very nervous because it was my first time attending something like that, something as colossal like that. I didn't know what to expect. And coming out of it, I thought, wow, like this is something that I would want to attend again and to show it's a great way to show your support, great way to show the world that resistance is happening. It's going at full force. And and there are people that are fighting against these injustices And so like, you know, the perpetrators, they can't get away from it. People standing behind uh, victims and standing behind one another to to fight this. Yeah. And like, thanks so much for taking like really great pictures of and capturing those moments that you can't really describe in words, but you can Mm -hmm. only really understand through visuals. Looking back on those photos, it gave me the chills, you know, to think that we made history and we are a part of history, you know, an event that will go down in Canadian history is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a humbling feeling. And it's also nice to know that there's action being taken to resolve these, these issues that are happening to the Asian community. So ladies, like, what do you think is the future of reforms around anti-Asian racism? Like, will racism stop, do you think, at some point in in our future, 2020, 50, maybe? 
did I say 2050? Yeah, <laughs> Definitely won't be alive to see that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Optimistic side of me is really hoping that yes, one day racism will just be gone and it'll just be a story and kind of part of the history books for the you know generations and generations to come. But in our lifetime, I am a little doubtful about it being gone forever and just, you know, just disappearing because it's so deeply embedded in history. I mean, in terms of how racism is rooted, and obviously not from an academic sense, because I don't, I don't study it, but from like a layman's way of thinking or a layperson's way of thinking, it, it seems like racism is kind of rooted in maybe fear and ignorance. So people who are committing these racist, racist acts, either covert or overtly, just don't have a good understanding that, you know, Asian people are also people right? Just like them, we, even though look, we look different, we still have jobs, we have families, we have dogs, pets, children, mothers, fathers, uh, brothers, sisters. We have feelings, we have skills and abilities and goals and aspirations and dreams just like them. And we also, you know, we feel scared and anxious as well and depressed and all these other, you know, emotions, angry, happy, all that stuff. And we feel love just like they do. Hopefully if people have a better understanding of just each other on a human to human level, it might help. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously policy reforms at that high level definitely are, are definitely needed as well. But from what we can do almost kind of immediately to help combat it, is that uh, changing our perceptions and attitudes for helping other people understand each other. I think that there's just a lot of work that we still need to do, but as long as we can work through that agenda and just work through the list of things that we still need to do, like maybe we will reach that level where racism is completely dismantled. Yeah. Going back to what Lou said in our, like, I don't think racism will ever be eradicated. Um, well, it's my opinion, but I'm saying like in, in, in our lifetime, I feel like we'll never be able to see no racism at all. It's always, I feel like it's always going to be there. And, but I am glad that we are taking these steps. Like we're, we're rallying, you know, we're speaking up and these are baby steps and these are the foundations that hopefully will one day eradicate racism. I feel like history is repeating itself like when it comes to racism. And we're kind of at a peak right now too, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, with all this like violence against Asian people we're seeing in North America and also in Europe. It just doesn't make any sense that we're going backwards. And I guess for some people, they can't help but think that it's inherent, that racism is inherent and that more needs to be done than people just amplifying their voices constantly through protesting and rallying. Things that we can do maybe is like kind of also show in in changing perceptions and attitudes um, of how Asian people are perceived by showing how great we can be and demonstrating our success and achievements along with vulnerabilities because, you know, we're also human and we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and also education, right? Like, I think the more educated a society is, the less racist the people are. I was just thinking, guys, maybe like one day when, not one day, but like, because we're having all these interracial relationships relationships and, you know, all these interracial babies coming out and (laughs) all that. What if like, we get to a point where everyone is just mixed Mm -hmm. a bunch of races? That would be pretty cool. 
that would mean that racism, we pretty much could eradicate racism through that. At that point. At that point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Everyone would look the same. Yes. Like, it's like <laughs> so what are you? Genetic diversity. Exactly. Like in you, you've got every single continent. That's so in cool. You. But like, I feel like this, this cross pollination thing would take like really long, <laughs> yes. but we might get there at some point we'll get there. Yes. Uh, many generations later. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be alive to see that, but I would hope that you know, our children's 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 and on that note, that's it for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Happy Asian Heritage Month. And to everyone who's uh, around the world who's celebrating it, we hope you guys learn something new every day. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, XOXO Damn Podcast.